welcome to Breaking Protocol. I'm your host, Bob Sadoway. Today, my guest is Craig McCartney. Craig is the author of an online article entitled, Well, Let Me Say This About That, for He Said Magazine, a knowledgeable man of politics and all things Renaissance. I want to welcome Craig back to the show and thank him for being with us today. Craig, welcome to Breaking Protocol. Thank you. It's good to be back. And I have to tell you, I'm on the ledge. Uh, I think I think a lot of folks in Texas and around the country are pretty much in that same on that on that same ledge. Well, we look around and we see what is happening hourly in the news cycle. And what is concerning me and the reason I say I'm on the ledge, it has nothing to do with being self-quarantined because you and I have had this conversation. I've been self-quarantined and you've been self-quarantined roughly since March 15th. Mm -hmm, Exactly. We haven't been out and about except for truly essential reasons, a grocery store run, or the doctor. And, mm-hmm. and and I don't want to suggest that everyone has to take the exact same precaution. I think that would be presumptuous and a bit unfair because I do understand there are people that their jobs requires them to leave the house and go to work. Right, right. And I hope and pray that those folks who are required to leave the house and go to work, that their employers are helping them along the way. Well, I, I would I would say I would agree with that. I'm concerned that that's not consistently happening. But by the same token, Bob, I don't know what the solution to the to those problems are either. Well, with all due respect, I'm I'm not sure that's your job, nor quite frankly is well, <laughs> nor frankly no, is my, it my job. I, nowadays, my job is to sit in my isolation and just comment on what this, I'm this seeing. Is, it's actually my job. That is your job. In fact, you know, you're, you you do write a professional column about the world in general, I guess is one way to put it, your observation of the world in general. And that is your job. You are 100% correct. And that is there are employers out there who intentionally refused to allow their employees to take personal precautions when they went back to work. Mm-hmm. There were employees out there that literally said, you cannot wear a mask while you are at work. That's, that's correct. And then to top it off, there were folks out there that actually caused this to happen in the first place. Miss Luther decided the rules did not apply to her. And Governor Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Patrick and Ted Cruz all rallied behind this woman, clearly to put her front and center in the spotlight. Well, yes, we made the rules, but we're not going to enforce the rules. And now you can all run naked and licking doorknobs and do whatever you want to do during the middle of a pandemic because we won't make you do anything. I think that's when he really lost the, the kind of authority to do what he needs to do as governor, which he has steadfastly refused to do so far. He's still trying to make out like it's the local authorities who are failing to enforce his regulation, which he slapped them down for trying to enforce before and uh, created an environment where a significant portion of the population 
feels empowered to disregard those regulations. What do you think is going to happen? Well, it's really interesting you bring that up, Craig, because when Governor Abbott did issue a quasi-statewide mandate, a statewide mandate would be every single Texan would be required to wear a mask in, in a public place. Right. And that is just not the case. That is not what he issued. There were exemptions to that, two of which most notably would be voting. You don't have to wear a mask <laughs> while voting. And then the other one is no mask if you're attending a religious service. I've actually never graced the doors of First Baptist Church Dallas. However, I have seen it on TV. And there's more than a handful of people in the room. Mm-hmm. There, I, I would say you could easily say there's thousands of people in the room. Even if you had 100 people in the room that was not wearing a mask, do you think the virus is you know, going to be washed in the blood and it's all going to be okay? <laughs> well, he politicized it when he made the decision to come up with pol- public policy related to a global pandemic that has taken root in Texas. But when he made that decision, he made that decision, I believe, through the lens of his own political self-interest. And you and I have talked about this before, Bob. The problem that Democrats and Republicans sometimes get into is good policy is good politics. And when you make bad policy in order to create a sense of a, a better political situation for yourself, I suppose there are examples we could come up with that would support that. But this is not one of them. This is an absolute textbook example of how bad policy is bad politics. Then we have this, you know, major halt moment where we realize, well, this is really not working. And uh, we're testing more and we're finding more cases. But the number of cases that we're finding is far outstripping the increase in the, in the testing. And now more people are dying. And this is the reality that we're in, bless his heart, starts <laughs> tightening those restrictions. And the minute that he does, the very folks who he was seeking to appease by releasing the or, or, or reducing the restrictions in May, turned on him so fast I was like whiplash. So, well, as one would uh, say, where I grew up, Governor Abbott was flip flopping faster than a perch out of water. You know, I'm sure you saw so much of the stuff that was going on when the state fair was canceled. You know, oh, the tragedy Dallas. of the state! Oh, fair the tragedy canceling. of it! And let me and let me mention, I will say this, and and, and also at about that same time, you know, because I'm I'm from Tyler, and they had to cancel the Rose Festival for the first time since World War II. So I just want to put that out there for the for the Tyler folks. But I mean, the thing <laughs> was, I was like, I hate to, you know, I hate to tell you folks this, but it's like this is not happening to you personally. You know, I mean, this is not happening to you personally. You can't tell that from social media, Craig. Well, no, you can't. But Craig, it's their constitutional right to go to the State Fair of Texas now. I don't know. Somehow another, I guess I'll have to go back and Google the document because I don't remember (laughs) Texas State Fair being anywhere in there when Thomas Jefferson and those other folks were were riding it. It's it's just, and meanwhile, I'm sitting here where, you know, in my house, 
four months in and thinking to myself, it's going to be several more months before it will be, um, I won't say safe enough, but maybe say less risky or whatever the deal. I think we're, we're going to have to deal with this at some level. I think this will be far more than three or four months. We're going to be dealing with it for a lot longer, but I think that the, the idea of, of how long it's going to be before I personally, and I think a, a number of people who are interpreting what we're dealing with in the same way, before uh, it's going to be... The, let's just say that the risk is sufficiently low that we'll be willing to do something. Well, the only way um, we're going to get to the risk being sufficiently low compared to what we're dealing with right now is if everybody will start wearing a mask over their nose and <laughs> mouth. Nose and mouth, folks. Nose and mouth. With that said, I want to move to a quick subject matter that has consumed the national media in the last couple of days, opening the schools. Now, oh yes, the school debate is front and center fire and fury. And mm-hmm. talk about it's as polarizing as the debate around mask. Did mm-hmm. you by chance listen to Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana's comments on the opening of no, schools? No, I didn't. But then um, uh, Senator Kennedy is not someone that's from Louisiana, not to be confused with the Kennedys that used to be in the Senate. No, I generally don't listen to him. I don't have an opportunity to listen to him except when I absolutely must. But okay. no, what, did, what, okay. what, did, what did the dear fellow say? I'm going to play you the bit of Senator Kennedy's comments on opening the school And then I'll have you comment on the other side. America's going through a rough patch. Some people seem to be enjoying it. Maybe they just hate America. Maybe they just enjoy watching the world burn. I think some are liking the the chaos because they think it gives them a political advantage. Part of that chaos is being caused by our schools closing. For our kids, we need to open them. I can promise you for many of our kids, keeping these schools closed is going to hurt them far worse than the coronavirus can. France, Germany, Denmark, Austria, even Vietnam has opened their schools. And and they've done it safely, and we can too, and we should too. And if I can say one other thing, I know some people in good faith disagree with me, and I respect that. Let's have the debate. But there are some people who who, uh, want to keep our schools closed because they think it gives them a political advantage. And they're using our kids as political pawns. And to them, I say unashamedly, they can kiss my ass. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. I am beyond floored, to be honest with you. I think that Senator Kennedy, who, in, in fairness has on occasion actually said some things that were a little bit stripped off from his party's hardcore line. But that has to be one of the most ignorant statements I've ever heard from an elected official. He's one of 100 people in the United States Senate, and he and he talks about this as if this is a thing. The idea that... I, I, without calling any names or without calling anybody out, trying to call out, I guess, some Democrats 
uh, on the basis of wanting to keep the schools closed, which I would remind Senator Kennedy that we here in Texas are dealing with you know, a tripling of the number of deaths on a daily basis because our governor, who belongs to his party, for political purposes, opened the state too soon and, 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 and too quickly. So if you want to talk about, and I'm not saying, and you know me, Bob, I'm not saying Democrats uh, don't see a political advantage wherever they see a political advantage. Uh, but I don't think that Democrats writ large um, think that keeping the school closed creates a political advantage for them. Well, Any let's, more let, than I, uh, let's address a couple of things here about that. Number one, if Democrats were getting a political advantage from coronavirus, then it's you're assuming that Democrats created the coronavirus. The whole thing is absurd. The whole well, thing the, is the, absolutely the, absurd. The, the thing is, and I would argue this with, I mean, with, for, with Senator Kennedy, who lives in, Louisiana's kind of a weird state these days in terms of its politics, but if the, Demo- the Democrats are not sowing any political advantage from coronavirus, period, The Democrats are sowing a political advantage because the Republican Party, starting with Donald Trump and bleeding through to any number of lower level governors and county judges, have mishandled and mismanaged it. And when you are in power, you are responsible for the results of the policies that you make, implement, and execute. So if Senator Kennedy does not like the political world that he has woken up in and feels that Democrats are, are getting some kind of, are seeking some kind of political advantage. Well, sweetheart, John, John Kennedy, the wrong, not the cute one, but the, the old <laughs> one with the bad mouth. Um, you've got nobody to thank but yourself if you don't like the political environment or the, or the thing with the schools. The, the reason that the schools, as far as I'm concerned, that we're in a, the situation that we're in is because we did not handle our stuff early on. And that can be traced back through, in our situation, through Abbott, as we talked about earlier, all the way up to Trump. So if you don't like the situation, you've got nobody to thank but yourself. If we had done that, he speaks of the other countries that have opened safely. Yeah, but they did all the stuff to make it safe. They didn't basically pee in the wind for four months, which is exactly what this country has done. So I want to I want to address a couple of things here that he said. Number one, he claims that the schools being closed can cause far greater harm to the students mm-hmm. than the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure, but just the school being closed in and of itself isn't going to kill any students and teachers. I'm thinking not. The coronavirus itself has proven to this day to kill people. So, all right, we can debate that. Second, Vietnam. The senator clearly did not have an understanding of the global context of the coronavirus before he decided to mouth off. Since the coronavirus pandemic began, France has had a total of 172,000 cases with 30,000 people dead total. And in the last week, 
is averaging about 700 cases a day. On July 10th, they had 748 new cases. That's the last number I could get. Germany, total 200,000 cases since the pandemic began. 9,138 people have died. And they've only had 159 new cases as of July 13th. Denmark, 13,147 cases total. Only 609 people dead. And I say only, but 609 people is a lot of people. And on July 13th, they only had 91 cases reported. Austria, 18,948 cases total. 708 people died. And on July 13th, they only reported 51 new cases. And Vietnam, as he called out in a way of referring to Vietnam less than everybody else, because he said, even Vietnam. Even Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. Vietnam. Well, mm-hmm. Hang on. Yes, that was- you know how many cases they've had in Vietnam? 372 no. cases in the country. Zero people have died. And on July 13th, only two reported cases of coronavirus. Now, let's compare that to just Texas. In the last week, in the last week, we have had 65,000 plus cases in the state of Texas in the last week alone. 65,000. We've had a total of 275,000 cases in the state of Texas. 275,000 cases. That is more than any of those countries he mentioned. Total. Total. So if he wants to talk facts with me, Senator Kennedy, let's sit down and let's discuss some facts. Or otherwise, you can kiss my A. (laughs) Well, exactly. I just have had it up to my forehead with these politicians who feel that they can take a global pandemic and a personal protection device that is to keep us alive and politicize the darn thing. Well, and you know, the, the, the thing with the, the opening of the school, that, there's that old saying, you know, the school of hard knocks is a hard college, but a fool will learn and no other. And it <laughs> seems to me that this is exactly where we are. You know, when we closed the schools at a point in time when the numbers were not nearly where they are now. And so the idea of sending children back to school, I mean, well, well, let's just hit, let's just hit this while we're, while we're banging on senators. Senator Kennedy is next door. Let's talk about our own dear John Cornyn, who apparently is so far off the grid, he doesn't even know whether or not children can get corona. Okay. <laughs> well, really? I did see this. Really? Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, yes, it is not real, real sure. Really, John? And you're up for re-election? Really? Okay. Because here's the short answer. They can. So, you know. Well, and, and, like, worse, and worse, they can spread it without us knowing it. That's the worst part. Because kids are like walking uh, typhoid Marys. <laughs> and in this situation with COVID, because as I understand it, in many cases, if not most, children tend to be far more resistant to becoming uh, symptomatic. This is true. And this th- is true. And that makes and that makes sense. That just means that their little tom bombs, sweet, cute, and dressed nice if you handle it right, they will spread it. 
it's oh, not a sure. potential of spreading it. Oh, sure. They oh, will yeah. spread it. I've, I've been I've been saying this for years because, you know, there's two groups of people in this country that politicians of all stripes love to show their support for when they're campaigning, and that's school teachers and the military. And But in this situation, it remains to be seen what's going to happen next month. But it does seem like there's a large faction of folks who think that opening the schools and, you know, damn the port torpedoes and just proceed forward. We're going to throw the teachers into the classroom with protocols and with uh, processes that it doesn't seem to me that these folks have probably thought through in terms of what do you do when this happens. Well, clearly Senator Cornyn hasn't thought this through at all. Well, no, and I understand. I, I mean, I can understand that that folks want to get the schools open. I think that uh, there's not a parent of any stripe that doesn't uh, that's just about ready for the kids to go back to school. I mean, in in any other summer, the parents are ready for their kids to go back True. to school. But these kids have been home since you know March or something, yeah. so the parents are ready. And that has nothing. That's not a Democratic issue or a Republican issue. The parents are ready for the kids to go back to school. Nobody argues that it's in the children's best interest to get back into school. I personally cannot imagine that a virtual learning experience is as good as a classroom, not to mention the fact that a big portion of going to school is the socialization skills. We get all of that. But meanwhile, you're talking about a, a, a situation where what happens when somebody in that classroom is identified as having COVID? What are you going to do with the people that they expose? Craig, we saw what happened when the restaurants opened, then the health clubs opened, then the bars opened. We saw what happened. And yeah. what happened was 65,000 COVID cases in the last week. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's what happened. Now, for some reason, the state leadership wants to put blinders on and pretend somehow that students and teachers are going to be immune to that experience that took place when we opened restaurants, gyms, and bars. And the reality of it is none of them are willing to even contemplate the worst case scenario. They will only contemplate the very best case scenario. And that is a very dangerous place for us to be right now. Now, speaking of sleeping at night, the president apparently does not because we know he tweets at all hours of the day and night and they get crazier the later in the evening as it goes. But I have to ask, did you hear that news conference with the president last week when he claimed that Biden and Obama had stopped testing and that we are doing very well with the vaccines. Oh, for heaven's sakes, I somehow managed to miss that one. Well, I'm going to play it for you right now, and then I'm going to get you to comment on the other side. That we have one of the lowest mortality rates anywhere. If you know Biden and Obama stopped their testing, they just stopped it. You probably know that. I'm sure you don't want to report it. But uh, they stopped testing. Uh, right in the middle, they just went, no more testing. So what would you think of that? You know... <laughs> Bless his heart. Um, 
Well, I, I, I must admit that, that I was, during certain parts of the Obama administrations, both part one and part two, uh, I may have been a little bit complacent compared to the three and a half years of the Trump administration in terms of feeling confident that things were on an upward trajectory and going in the right direction. So I must have missed that portion of the policy change when Obama reduced that testing for a virus that had not yet reared its ugly head. But, you know, I I could have been out having dinner with friends back when you could do that. I mean, seriously, this is what we're having to deal with. I know you and I can laugh about this right now because in reality, for purposes of our own sanity, what other choice do we have? That's where we are, as I have said repeatedly. Well, I have seen the vice president uh, as recently as right before we all had to, you know, go into our rabbit holes with COVID, stand up and speak for 15 minutes without an um, a slur, or an anything else. You've seen it. I've seen it. There's nothing that that's not an issue. But when you talk about when Trump said stuff like that, that's that's really an issue. Well, we are in we are in some serious danger with Donald Trump. There is there is no doubt about it. And and I'm not questioning his mental capacity or his rants as the reason behind that. Unlike other countries who've gone through a variety of governments and some have gone from democracies to communism and back, and some have gone from communism to democracies and back, but we've only always ever been one type of government. And we are seeing a man right now, Donald Trump, who is doing everything within his power, everything to change that form of government. I would argue that with the setup that he has right now, he's, he is unfettered. Uh, as it stands, because his Department of Justice is doing what he wants it to do. There's, there is no separation there, which historically there has been, regardless of whether there are Democrats or Republicans in, in power. On, on the issue of his cohorts, did Michael Cohen actually present himself for being one of the dumbest people <laughs> I've ever seen on the national stage? I mean, in the okay, in the middle of the corona in New York City, yep, which which arguably suffered the most intense implications of it, yep, gets released from prison because of the inability to control. Uh, corona in so many of the penal institutions gets sitting home and cannot resist going out to dinner at a sidewalk cafe on the Upper East Side because you are too dumb to live. I mean, I don't normally like (laughs) to say that and attach it to a person, but I mean, really, 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 really. And let there be Uh, no mistake. There are a lot of people who are non-threats to society, complete non-threats in every single way, who are sitting in prison and will remain to sit in prison while they are letting people like Michael Cohen have the luxury and liberty of returning to his million-dollar New York City Upper East Side apartment. Right. The comforts of that. And it's still not comfortable enough. He's got to go out and party up the town. 
Well, yes, and then when the when it got hauled one in front of the judge, and then the judge said, "Well, you know, be kind of as I kind of understand, it's like so." Well, that that wasn't good, and so <laughs> now you're we're gonna have to shut you down a little bit on social media and talking to the press. And the lawyer was like, "Oh wait, he's got constitutional rights." And the judge was like, "Oh wait, he's going back to prison." And I'm like, "Please send him back. He's too dumb to live." I mean. You know, I don't know, Bob. I'm I'm one of those people. You know, as I as I like to say, growing up gay in East Texas. You know, that's its, its whole thing. But the thing about it, there was a, there were just a handful of things that I always knew I needed to avoid. I needed to avoid working in any situation outside. I didn't work. I didn't want. I didn't want a job outside. I wanted to work inside. Um, I wanted to, uh, and I wanted to make sure that regardless of what happened, I did not ever go to jail. Jail was a scary. It still scares me. I started I to say I, I, that's a pretty scary thought. Of that's going a to jail. scary thing. That's yeah. a, when, you're, when you're a gay boy in East Texas, two things you don't want: road work and going to jail. <laughs> and Michael Cohen, and, and and let's be honest, he's he's not gay, as far as I know, and and he's young, he's a little bit younger than I am, but he does not look like the kind of fella uh, that is any more suited for a jail term than I am. You know what I'm saying? I would I mean, have to, I would have like, to agree with that. Yeah. Uh, he he looks like he could have a hard time in jail too, and he gets the opportunity to get out. No, please. Just send him back. Just well, send him back and let it go. Let me let me wrap up with this comment. The comment on Michael Cohen is, my heart ain't bleeding for Michael Cohen right now. No. Again, no. not going to lose sleep over him. Not going to no. lose sleep over Roger Stone. Probably will lose some sleep over Donald Trump. But with that said, you know, it, it can't be all doom and gloom now. I need some. Okay. I need something positive. It can't be all doom and gloom because nobody could come back and listen to us if if all we have is doom and gloom. So tell me something good before we go. Oh, um, this whole thing with the Washington Redskins. It's a football team, right? A football team. It's a football Washington team, Redskins. Craig. Yes. And they announced that they're going to change their name. I thought they were going to tell us by now, but I have not heard. So, and I and I'm like, I commend them. I think that's, I think it's the right thing to do, and I do think that I have an offering for a good name to change the Washington. Of course, this is Washington D.C., not Washington State, right? That is correct. Yes, you know so, so much think, about National Football League, Craig. I'm, I'm, it's just, yeah, exactly. Your knowledge and, is and, your knowledge is stunning me. <laughs> well, I know. I'm, just, I'm telling you, I'll do a football story here in a minute. But I do think I could offer them a really strong candidate for what they should change their name to. Let's hear it. And I, I think they should change their name to the Washington Weasels. The Weasels. Has a love, the Weasels. You know, animals are safe, right? I, we, I believe we can use an animal, yes. And Weasels, that's a nice alliteration. And Lord knows that town is full of them. So I think that's just, that's that's my recommendation. That would it would please me no end. And you heard it here first on Breaking Protocol with Bob Sadowick. Thank you so much for joining us today, Craig. Thank you for coming back and spending Always some time a pleasure, with me. Bob. Thank you so much. I really have enjoyed it. If you haven't had an opportunity to read my book. 
Breaking Protocol, Forging a Path Beyond Diplomacy. It's available at your favorite online retailer or for download to your Kindle, tablet, or smartphone. Have a great day and many blessings. Blessings.